Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Aren't you thankful to be in church today? Amen. You was able to brave the heavy frost and come on. Amen. You know the Lord's going to reward you for that. You just know He will. Amen. You can be seated today. What a privilege it is to be in the house of the Lord and, and to feel His presence and to know uh, that what we feel today is just uh, not something that we have contrived. It's not something that we've worked up in and of ourselves or among ourselves, but it is the power of the Holy Ghost. It's the promise of His Word that He said if we'll come together in His name, He would meet us there. I'm glad of that. Amen. So glad of that. We are so honored to have Brother and Sister Thompson with us today. And I mean that from my heart. Words fail to truly convey how thankful we are they are with us this morning and they're going to be speaking and, and uh, presenting a few things to us in our second service. And uh, when, we, when we received our missionary schedule for 2018 of the missionaries that were going to be in the Florida district, and I saw their name on the list, I certainly sent in a request to say we want them and uh, we certainly want them to be with us. That doesn't imply we don't want others, but we certainly wanted <coughs> we certainly wanted them. And uh, I'm thinking about getting me some of those banners made up every Sunday's here, so you'll know who's going to be here. Amen. Isn't that nice? That's very nice. We appreciate them so very much, and uh, we truly feel, beyond the shadow of a doubt, that God has through Brother and Sister Thompson and the works, the many works in Guatemala has really helped our church to put a face on missions for us many, many years ago. And uh, it completely changed uh, the prism through which we were exposed to and, and looked through. And it didn't just affect our participation in Guatemala, but it affected our missions all over. And uh, we thank you and appreciate that. And every month, your faithful giving and support of that is certainly not taken for granted, and we're going to hear so many good things today. I want to turn your attention for just a little while this morning to the book of Second Chronicles chapter 27, and I'm going to read verse number 6 as a text. I'll refer to the other, the previous verses of this chapter, but uh, we're going to certainly save a lot of time this morning and give that time to our guests, but I don't want to imply to them or to you that we're in a hurry because we certainly want the presence and the power of God to fulfill and do His will today in our midst. The book of Second Chronicles 27 and 6, the Bible says, So Jotham became mighty because he prepared his ways before the Lord his God. Jotham became mighty because he prepared his ways before the Lord his God. King Jotham is an interesting character in Scripture and certainly still serves 
as a great example for us today in the modern church. Unfortunately, we don't know a lot about him, but what we do know about him is certainly worth looking into, and uh, that's what I want to do this morning. I believe that that the footsteps and the footprints of this man, Jotham, uh, is enough to challenge us in our walk with God. And I, I like that. I like someone to that I can pattern my life after. Someone that, uh, not to just parrot them for the sake of parroting them, but uh, to emulate, to pull from their life some qualities that I can bring into mine. We know, I mentioned not a whole lot about Jotham, but I'll cover what we do know. If we look at this particular book, Second Chronicles 27, verses 1 and 2, tells us that he was 25 years old when he began to reign, and that he reigned for 16 years. The scripture also says that he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father Uzziah did. However, the Bible says he entered not into the temple of the Lord. And then another footnote in this description of what we would think of his, of his accomplishments, it says, and the people did yet corruptly. He did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. As a matter of fact, if we look through the long list of kings uh, that ruled over Judah, he was one of very few of the good kings. His father Uzziah was also a good king, although if you remember the story of Uzziah that at the end of his reign, uh, somewhere in his thinking he got skewed and uh, was struck with leprosy because he took it upon himself to go into the temple and burn incense. And uh, that was the responsibility of the priest and to the priest only and not to the king and because he went in and uh, partook of, of things that uh, were contrary to the law, he was stricken with leprosy and, and punished for stepping out of bounds. And uh, it, that's an interesting story and certainly not uh, for today. But we see specifically recorded that Jotham did not enter into the temple of the Lord. Now, this doesn't mean that he didn't worship the Lord. It doesn't mean that he didn't have a relationship with the Lord. It means that he obviously learned from his father's mistakes of where the lines were and the perimeters of life. And so, unfortunately, then this footnote that says that while he did right, that the people continued with their corrupt living. I found an, an interesting thing about human nature. Not only do we find this revealed in Scripture, but certainly we can uh, also find this just through experience that people are almost always guaranteed to follow an evil leader into evil. <laughs> Amen. I want that to marinate just a moment. It just seems by in Scripture and from, from human experience that there is a, a propensity for people to almost always follow evil leaders into evil. Yet there is no guarantee that people will follow a good leader into righteousness. That's a strange thing. It's just so easy sometimes for people to believe things that are just so far-fetched and just so far out there. I have been, I have been perplexed and confused in my spirit so many times whenever 
perhaps in giving a Bible study to someone and and you, you just have the Bible open and there it is, book, chapter, and verse, and they have such a hard time comprehending that that's just in black and white. It needs no commentary. And yet something that's just way out in left field, I guess that was my right hand, but just way out in left field, <laughs> way out in left field, they, they just buy into that hook, line, and sinker. And so there is that no guarantee that people will follow good into righteous things. Just a, just an observation there. But from Second Chronicles 27, verses 3 through 5, we can clearly see that Jotham added to the house of the Lord. He did wonderful things as far as bolstering the kingdom of God. He fought against the Ammonites, and, and certainly he was blessed of the Lord. And then that brings us to our text today in verse number 6, that Jotham became mighty because he prepared his ways before the Lord. His God. And so this morning for just a few minutes, I want to talk about these prepared ways before the Lord. Prepared ways. This verse is interesting, not, not because he became mighty. It's, we sometimes can get intoxicated on things like that. And that's not really my direction or my emphasis today. I don't want to focus on the fact that he became mighty. What I want to focus on the is the fact of how he became mighty. What made him a great man? What made him a mighty leader? It seems from Scripture that his goal wasn't to be a mighty man. But according to that same verse, his goal was to prepare his ways before the Lord. The Hebrew word translated as prepared basically means to be firm, to be stable, to be established. I am so thankful for the men and women in my life, even even now, but certainly as a young man. I'm thankful for uh, the ministry that has taught us the Word of God, the ways of God, and that has been living examples before us in addition to that. But I also try to very often thank the Lord for those faithful saints who just got some things in their life nailed down. They didn't vacillate here or there. They were just the same. They were the same everywhere you met them. Amen. You didn't just have to see them in church to catch them one way, but you could find them anywhere. And and uh, they had their a godly spirit, a godly uh, countenance. They had a godly attitude. And, and those people that were just firm, they were stable, they were established. Paul said to the church at Rome in, in chapter 1 of verse 11, he said, I long to see you. And it wasn't just a time of socializing fellowship. It wasn't just a time of, of, of patting each other on the back. But he said that I might impart some things into you. And the end thereof, that you would become established. And, and I'm thankful for those people that break off pieces of themselves and impart into us the Word of God. Paul admonished Timothy. He said the word that that uh, has that you have committed to your life, take that same and commit that into the lives of other people. And so I am very thankful for a well-worn path before me of faithful men and women that were committed. They were stable. They minded the prepared. They were preparing their ways before the Lord. They were mindful of the steps they took. They were mindful of how they lived. And so I believe that this was the reason for Jotham's increase in might. 
As he drew closer to the Lord, the Lord blessed him in all the ways that would be appropriate for the king of Judah to be blessed. I truly believe that the power of the Holy Ghost not only can change us, but certainly can charge us or energize us. And I have a, a great appreciation for the demonstration, the demonstration of the Spirit of God in our services. I love to sing. I love to worship. I love to clap my hands. I love our praise and worship. And, and uh, I love demonstration of the Spirit of God. I certainly pray for that to happen every time we come together. But no matter how powerful the meeting that we may attend, whether it's a Sunday morning here, a Wednesday night here, or a general conference, a camp meeting, or various other meetings that we may attend throughout a calendar year, no matter how powerful that meeting, no matter how powerful the message, how moving the song, at some point, that all comes to an end. The meeting ends... Everyone goes home, the lights are turned out, and so at some point we have to learn how to serve God. If I could just put it this way, at some point we have to learn how to serve God after the music stops. At the end of every ceremony, it has been my custom through the years to have the uh, the the bride and groom face the congregation and then announce, ladies and gentlemen, I now present to you Mr. and Mrs. Whoever. And for some, that may look like that the show is over. But in truth, for the onlookers, I suppose it is. But in truth, the show is just beginning. We're going to put away all the candles. We're going to snuff them out and box up all the flowers. And everything is going to be put away. And it's at this point we have to learn how to congeal a relationship, a true relationship. And so I believe this is where the example of Jotham comes in. Jotham did well and he was pleasing to the Lord not because of his oratory ability. It was not because that he was such a great leader. It's not because of who his father was. But I believe that Jotham did well because he prepared his ways before the Lord his God. Or in other words, he walked steadfastly before the Lord. He walked, as one New Testament writer put it, he walked circumspectly before the Lord. Careful intentional about what we're doing. There's little doubt in my mind that there was a, no doubt a lot of excitement when he was crowned king. But there, there came a time when he just couldn't live on the excitement of that one moment. After, after a while, the crowning of king had ended. That day had come to an end. The celebration had come to an end. And now he's got to carry out some kingly things. And not all kingly things are pleasant things. Not every decision you make are going to be things that pleases everybody in the crowd. It's possible even that some of the responsibilities of the king were even mundane at times. However, this is where his walk with God began to reveal itself in wisdom. Can I tell you of all the exciting services that we've had and been a part and a privilege to be a part of, I'm thankful for all of those, but can I tell you there's been most of the journey in living for God has just been walking with him. Because I spend a lot more time with him than I do with you. And so I gotta learn how to walk with him and not just hang out with you. 
I love you and I'm glad you're here today and we miss those that aren't here and we'll miss you if you're not here but I've got to learn how to walk with him and not just hang out with the crowd. Amen. I need to let the Spirit of God touch us and so there comes a time in our walk with God when it's just a walk. However, the key is to continue steadfastly and that was the key to Jotham's success and the success of the early church. Acts 2 and 42 says, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and the breaking of bread and in prayers. Now, I am pretty sure that they participated in more than in more things than just these two or three things that are listed here in verse 42, but it would seem as though that these uh, things that are listed in verse 42 became principles and these principles these principles became guiding lights to their life and this is what happens when you have a prayer life and this is what happens when you have consistent times to read the word of God we are preparing our ways before the Lord our God amen today already in this service what we have been doing it, it, I know we were singing and we heard music a moment ago and we were praising and worshiping the Lord but really the bottom layer of it all is that we are preparing our ways before the Lord our God. Amen. These are the things that has kept the church grounded and those same things will keep us grounded. Paul reminded the Corinthian church of this as well. In 1 Corinthians 15, 58, we read this passage. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. At the time of this letter, the Corinthian church was a very young church, so this was great advice to them. I would never want to underestimate the importance of being involved in the ministries of a church and certainly the ministries of our local church, but I think it's it's so important for us to have a consistent walk with the Lord ourselves. And, and I know that, that we have a lot of our leaders that are in our annex today and they're involved in, in Sunday school and things of that nature, but we also have some leaders here uh, represented this morning in this class and I can tell you and you understand that you can lose out with God while serving in certain capacities. Amen. You can tend to these things and, and leave off some of the weightier matters. And so Paul directed the church at Philippi to follow this same principle. He understood the temptation of getting caught up in the moment and forgetting what really matters. Philippians 2 and 12, he said, Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Paul could not be at every church, every service, every day, every time. So he reminded them of the importance of living for God every day in his absence. Amen, that seems to be such an important thing today. Amen. And that is, he said, you need to live for the Lord tomorrow in my absence, just like you would live for him today in my presence. And so, in a little while, we're going to turn out the lights of this building, and we're going to file out of this building and drive to our respective homes and lives, and and uh, tomorrow we'll reintroduce us to uh, sometimes the mundane schedules that we keep. But can I tell you, it's so important that we are still as mindful of God in the morning 
as we are right here in this house today. The writer of Hebrews tells us to run our race with patience, or in other words, to be diligent. This is a marathon, as many have said, and not a sprint. Therefore, we should, like Jotham, live diligently before the Lord every day. We should respond to the promptings of the Lord. If the Lord is prompting you to, to pray more, pray. <laughs> I'm not trying to insult you today, but if, the, if you feel a, an, an urge, a desire to read the Word of God more, don't put that off because the enemy will quickly let something else take that place. If you feel the need to get into the word of the Lord, reach for your, your Bible. Keep it handy. Amen. Read that. Don't just think about it, but be proactive. Without a doubt, there are many things that we can do to be diligent in our walk with God. I don't want to try to give a bullet point list today, but to mention a few things, I certainly believe that prayer would fall into that category because prayer connects earth to heaven. Through prayer, we pull two opposing worlds together. Amen. We stand on common ground through prayer. Jude 20 says, But ye beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying always in the Holy Ghost. I'm thankful for every prayer meeting that we've ever had because what we were doing was preparing our way before the Lord our God. You can't read through the scripture, your bread program or whatever it may be. You can't read through that and that just be lost somewhere and it's not time wasted in your schedule. But what you're doing is preparing your way before the Lord your God. You say, well, I, I, to be honest with you, I can't even remember what I read yesterday or can't remember what I read Friday. But I'll tell you this, when we get the word in our mind, when we get in our soul, the Spirit of the Lord can quicken that Scripture to us. Amen. I'm talking to people that have stood in those moments where God quickened something that we had, something that we had ingested spiritually. Praise God. Amen. Thank Him for His Word. I love the Word of God. I love the Word of God. The apostles recognized this principle early on. They found themselves in the early days of the early church having to do a lot of work. And obviously there's nothing wrong with that. I do my fair share of things around here. But the, as the early church began to grow, the apostles recognized something. They recognized that they had some things that were pulling them away from their primary role. Amen. So this meant that they had to make a choice. I have to decide. Am I going to do a good thing or, I, or am I going to do the only thing that I've been called to do? And sometimes we can sacrifice those things that God has called us to do to just involve ourselves in good things. Amen. It would be a good thing if something was, just to give you an example here, it would be a good thing, a noble thing, if something happened around the church late one Wednesday afternoon or Wednesday on a Wednesday and, and so I just thought, well, we better get these boards painted or we better get these hedges trimmed or we better do this, that would be a good thing. But it wouldn't be a good thing if you got here at 7.30 and I had nothing to say. Or I had something to say but I hadn't prayed and I wasn't anointed of the Lord. 
And so sometimes we have to choose between do I do a good thing or do I do the thing that I've been called to do. Amen. I think that's something important. There are times that we have to make those same decisions. I have to make those same decisions. Acts 6 and 4, they said this, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Now we we see they clearly understood their primary role. Therefore, they wisely chose to step back from some of those other things and concentrate on the areas that God had called them. And so they begin to appoint people over various ministries. And some of you know this really well. They realize the importance, here's my point, in their own personal walk with God. Therefore, they gave themselves to prayer. So obviously, prayer is an important tool. There's many other things that we should connect ourselves to and never underestimate. I should say today the importance of sound doctrine. Amen. I just couldn't underline that enough in in your heart and in my mind today. The advice from Paul to Timothy seems to address this head on. He says, take heed unto yourselves and unto the doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. And so can I tell you today that you need to put down the books that are filled with false doctrine and you need to surround yourselves with things that are filled with sound doctrine. Amen. I'm going to tell you don't follow every, don't don't get in line in every parade going through town but we need to keep ourselves exposed to sound doctrine because doctrine is not something that you just study one time and then forget about it but doctrine is how we live our lives. Doctrine, that's how we set the compass of our heart and our life and our steps every day. Every day, every day, you'll not find anything more important than the foundation. Amen. And so he said, you'll save yourself and those that hear you. And then we continue in it. We need a prayer life. And we certainly need to be exposed to sound doctrine. I, I was, we were privileged last Sunday morning to be, uh, in the service in Palm Bay and uh, elder brother Myers was as sick in his body but he felt to teach and and so they put a, a chair and a table on the on the platform and he sat and he taught the word of God and I'm going to tell you to some of you old timers today and I guess maybe that's where we fit a little bit or amen but we <laughs> we just enjoy that old time just teaching of the word of God is it okay to say that amen just that fundamental let's look at the word let's connect the dots the importance of who Jesus is we need to know who Jesus is I'm going to tell you I didn't hear one thing that I had never heard before As a matter of fact, everything I heard, I've heard my entire life. But there was just something about somebody visiting sound doctrine. I'm not trying to spend too much time here, but it just, it resonated in my soul. I haven't gotten over it to this moment. Somebody just talking about the truths of the Word of God. We need to have faith. Of course, Hebrews teaches us without faith it's impossible to please Him. Amen. We've got to have faith in God. This verse is written to people who have already found the Lord. Absolutely, but we still need to have faith in him. Amen. As our musicians come, I'm going to close with one final thought. The writer of Hebrews tells us that we should not fail to come together for times and seasons of corporate worship. Amen. Now don't let their moving around distract you. The word of God teaches us the importance of coming together. The Word of God teaches us the importance of what we're doing here right now. The importance of that.
it would seem that there are some that just don't feel the need to physically be in church. Amen. Yeah, I, I understand sickness and things like that, and sometimes if it affects all of us. And so that's not what I'm talking about today. Please don't go there. But people just appease themselves in many ways. Last Sunday morning, last Sunday morning, my wife and I dressed for church. We were staying in a, a, a motel close by, and so we got on the elevator at the same time that another couple got on the elevator. And so when the doors closed, the lady looked at my wife and she said, well, where are you going so dressed up? And so we told her we, we were going to church. And I'm not making this up and this is not for the sake of an illustration. I'm telling you the gospel truth and my wife will confirm this. A spirit of conviction came in that elevator. And uh, and so she began to, she offered some excuse, and maybe that's where we should be, something to that note. And her husband trying to fix it all, he said, well, to be honest with you, he said, we're just a part of the big church of the universe anyway. Not for the sake of this message today. But when he said that, there was a sense of shame that washed over that lady. And we weren't trying to do that. We didn't jump up on the fence when we smelled blood in the water. But you see, when we try to just explain it all away, we're not going to be there Because we're going to be a part of... No, no, no. No, no, no. Amen. Then I'm deciding that this house is less important than another house. And there should be nothing more important than this house. Amen. We make a decision when we stay away from this house. We're making a decision at the risk of alienating ourselves from the Lord and from our spiritual family. People are always looking for signs of the end time. Just go to Hebrews. Amen. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as a manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. And so I don't just simply teach about the importance of being in, in every service because I have nothing else to say or because there is some uh, invisible soapbox behind this pulpit today. But I teach that because I understand the need for me to be in the house of God and the need for you to be in the house of God. And I understand the power of transformation that comes from being in the presence of the Lord. We all need a touch from God and we all need time in prayer with Him. And we all need a season, a daily season in our life of devotional time. Those are important things. But we also need that collective time of just coming together with one another. Amen. I, I, I believe that that is the part of the final element of Acts 2 and 42. Amen. That we are pleased to be together. Amen. We are to, to pleased to be in this house together. I need you. I absolutely need you. Now there's not one thing that we have done here today that none of us could not do or any of us could not do at home alone. 
We can pray. We can sing. If you have musical talent, you may even have an instrument at home and you can even play some music and sing. And we can clap our hands and we can pray. But oh, what depth and oh, what volume comes when we come here together. And I don't mean volume as just in noise, but oh, what volume comes our way when we come into the presence of God. Let's stand. And so I would say today, how did Jotham become a mighty man? He was steadfast. How are we going to become mighty? I believe that we must be steadfast in apostolic doctrine. Amen. I believe that we must be steadfast in apostolic doctrine. We must stand and stand, we must stand and continue to stand. I believe that we must never fall out of love with prayer and the Word of God and we should never fall out of love with the house of God because that's what it's going to take to finish this race strong. We've got to have prepared ways, prepared ways before the Lord. Can we lift our hands, our voices together and magnify the Lord? This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening, and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.